Hello, and welcome to Minutes of Metalography, the mother of all metalography podcasts. This episode marks the first in a new series titled Metalography for Dummies. In this three-part series, we will have three dummies asking some experts questions on metalography. Without further ado, let me introduce the dummy panel. Our first dummy is Leah Gerlach. She graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in 2020 with a bachelor's degree in neurobiology. She is currently attending the Medical College of Wisconsin and working towards her doctorate of medicine. In her free time, she enjoys spending time outdoors, crafting, and watching reality TV. Leah, could you say a quick hello to the audience so they can recognize your voice? Sure. Hi, everyone. (laughs) Good. Um, Coming up next on the dummy list is Molly Zineman. She graduated from the University of Wisconsin-Madison in 2020 with a bachelor's degree in journalism. She currently works in event marketing. In her free time, she likes to play volleyball, spend time outside in the sun, and read. Malia, could you say a quick hello to the audience? Hi, everyone. Thanks for having me. Great. Finally, the last dummy is Houston Stanek. Houston is currently attending the, you guessed it, University of Wisconsin-Madison, pursuing a bachelor's degree in economics. In his free time, he likes to play basketball and hike. Houston, can you let the metalography world hear your voice? Hey, how's everyone going? (laughs) Great. And it's finally time to introduce our expert for this session. We are welcoming back a friend to the podcast, Fralka Hogue. If you didn't listen to our episode about meteorites, you are making a huge mistake. But just in case people are making that mistake, Fralka became a metalographer at the Lettverein in Berlin, Germany, and moved to Los Angeles in 1967. After working in the aircraft fastener industry for the next 10 years, she became a failure analysis consultant. She joined the International Metallographic Society in 1991 and now teaches courses for ASM. A big thank you to everyone for being able to join the podcast today. The format for the Metallography for Dummies series is pretty simple. Uh, Basically, it will be an open Q&A session. The expert will answer as many questions from the dummies as they can during the allotted time and hopefully the dummies learn a few new things about metallography. The theme for this first session is what is metallography? With uh, with that being said, the floor is now open for questions. I can go first. I think for me, when I'm trying to um, like understand things, having examples is like the best way for me to learn. So Fraka, so nice to meet you. I've heard lots about you. And I'm wondering if you could give me some just like everyday examples of metallography that like I probably see in my everyday life. Okay, Uh, I always get that question. Nobody knows what metallographers do. So when I say, when people ask me, what do you do? I'm a metallographer, huh? (laughs) That's always the answer. And then I have to explain. Uh, Quite often you see uh, the uh, images of what we are looking for in the microscope in real life. When you're looking, for example, at the steel barriers uh, along freeways and bridges, quite often you get a spreckled pattern there. And those are actually very large grains of zinc. And uh, sometimes also when you see a doorknob, a brass doorknob that has been used a lot there because the chemical in your hand will already etch the surface. In metallography, we are looking at the microstructures of materials. We are looking at the crystal structure. We are not looking at atoms or anything like that. 
we are looking at uh, a larger feature that we can see under the light microscope. Generally, we look at uh, between 50 and 1000 X magnification. But to be able to see those features, which tell us a lot about uh, what type of material it is, how it has been manufactured, what the strength is, all those things uh, with experience, of course. But to be able to see that, you have to prepare the sample. You can just looking at a piece of metal, most times you can't see that. So you have to go through a process to prepare the sample so that you make the microstructure visible. And that is what you learn when you are uh, learning metallography when you're preparing the samples. It has a lot to do uh, being a good metallographer has to do a lot with practice and keeping all that stuff in your mind and using it. Does that help a little? Yeah, that does, especially like the doorknob handle example. I think that that's very interesting. So when you're talking about preparing these samples and like etching them, as someone who completely doesn't know anything about this world, what does that all entail and what is that used for? Okay. Um, when you're looking at a piece of metal, any kind of piece of metal, it has been prepared by cutting, grinding, uh, and quite often we don't, we don't look at the surface of the material, we look at a cross section of it, so the surface and the interior. And so we are using uh, big saws to cut it or very small saws, depending on how big the sample is. But anytime we are doing something to the material, we deform the material. Uh, so when you're, for example, cutting um, a bread with a dull knife, you are squishing it down. And, that, and that's not your structure of the, the bread, really. And that's what we are doing also with the metal. So the structure we would see if we would look at that is not the real structure. So by going to finer and finer grinding particles down to 0.05 micron particles sometimes, so really, really, really small, uh, we prepare the surface, remove all that work material, and then come up with a surface that uh, is really the original surface. When we look at that surface as is, as prepared, as uh, polished, we see certain things. We see gaps, voids, uh, foreign material like inclusions that sometimes are part of the structure and sometimes should be there. Sometimes they are a defect, but we don't see the microstructure on most materials. And that's why we have to expose the material to acids, but very specific acids. We don't, don't just pour something on there and, and hope it comes out right. No, we use very specific etchings and there are books and books written about it. And you have to pre uh, apply those etchings very specifically. And that will reveal the microstructure. And then we go under the uh, microscope it's a different microscope. It's not a biological microscope because our metal samples are not transparent. So we have to use um, a reflected light microscope, a very special microscope for metallurgy. And then we can look at the microstructure and from experience or going to books or looking at the internet, we find something that is similar. And from that, somebody has done it already. And so from that, you can tell what the material is, how it has been heat treated, what the strength level is, all those things. But it's a lot of experience and practice and trying it. And as I just told Dan a little while ago, sometimes the moon is not in the right face and not what, no matter what you do, 
your sample will not etch. The best thing is then go away, have a cup of coffee, go around the house, do something, come back, and then it will work. I've been there, done that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Leah, or, Leah or Houston, do you guys have a question? Yeah, um, I have a question. Um, so I'm more familiar with like the biological microscopes and different kinds of imaging that are used in biology. But I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit more about the reflective light microscopy or um, are there any other techniques that you might use to look at a metal? Yeah, most of the uh, metals we are looking at, we are looking what is called bright field. So where the light falls onto the sample and is right reflected back. But depending on what surface we have or what material we have, we can also use a polarized light, a dark field, uh, Nomarski, so many different techniques that are used in other fields also. For example, uh, I work a lot with uh, titanium, my favorite material. And titanium has a very specific uh, crystallographic structure that is hexagonal closed packed. And those materials react with polarized light. And so you don't even have to etch the sample. With those materials, the microstructure shows up if you're using polarized light and you have done a very good preparation. And then if you add a sensitive tin plate to it or lambda plate and there are different names for it, then you can create absolutely beautiful colors. And I use those as artwork. And uh, dark field illumination is used for certain materials, for example, uh, copper and copper oxide. Copper is reddish and the copper oxide is light blue and there's not much contrast between them, especially if you do black and white photography as we used to do all the time before digital times. I started with glass plates so a long time ago. And, uh, but if you're using dark field illumination where you have the light fall under shallow angle onto the sample, then the copper turns black and the copper oxide turns bright red. So you get a really good contrast and you can see where the copper oxide is and how much there is much easier. Uh, DIC, differential interference contrast or Nomarski, those words are interchangeable, are used quite a bit in the electronics industry. Because when you're using, for example, look at, at printed wafers, uh, when you're looking straight down, they all, it looks flat. You don't see the height differences. But if you use the, um, Nomarski or, or DIC, that accentuates height differences. And you can see the contrast between the different layers in an integrated circuit. So there, but you have to know which uh, technique you have to for, uh, use for which sample. Does that help? Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. Um, I have one more, one more question. Um, I was wondering, are you also interested in the macrostructure of these materials or is uh, metallography only about microstructure? No, you also do macrostructures. Uh, depends on what sample you have. And so you, it's a lot of experience and that's how you determine it. I work a lot in failure analysis. So the first thing you do is look at all the pieces they bring in, how it broke, what failed, and you never put, the fracture pieces together because that damages the fracture surface. So you always put just close to each other, but not next right touching each other. But you look at the overall and then you go under the stereo microscope uh, and uh, see what features they are. Uh, are there for, for example, um, 
beach marks, which indicate a fatigue failure. So that broke a little bit and a little bit more and a little bit more, uh, or what other things you see. And then quite often, if you're looking at welds and inspection of welds is something that's very, very important. You do macrostructures and you macro etch it there, special etching that will etch the sample deeper and you see the macrostructure. And so you can see, for example, in a weld, all the different layers, how many weld passes have been done, uh, how deep the penetration goes through, all those things. So we look at all of it. And that's what uh, is the interesting part, I think, in especially in failure analysis, you need to have so many different puzzle pieces and they all have to fit together. That's why I love failure analysis. That's great, thank you so much. You're welcome. Houston, you're up next. Yeah, no, I'll, um, I'll take things a step back here. In regards to like metallography as a whole, are there characteristics of the field and study that set it apart from like, if I just said material science or another related field, like what sets metallography apart in the field of science? Metallography is much more the hands-on part. And that's what I like it. I like working with my hands but you still have to use your brain. It's not only doing mechanical work that is always the same. You still have to think all the time. The science part is more why it is this way. Why do you, does this metal act this way? And how can we make uh, better materials? And how can we make materials that have very specific uh, characteristics? In metallography, we look at the evidence and interpret the evidence. And science uh, does more, talks more about the crystallographic structure. And those, I know a little bit about it, but Dan will know a lot more about that part of it. And uh, generally what I teach is more the, the practical application of it. And that's what metallography graph is describing uh, something. Gotcha. Yeah, no, it really uh, like brings it into clarity. I know like you gave examples earlier, but Coming from, I'd say the the biggest dummy in the panel here, uh, it always always helps to get a, an extra explanation. So thank you. Does anyone else have any more questions? I have just like an overarching, Froka. If you could like in one like sentence for someone who has absolutely no idea what metallography is, like explain it to me and like like dumb it down as much as you can. How could can you just like one or two sentences? <laughs> Okay, uh, we are looking at the uh, interior and in, uh, the structure of the material, and by experience, we know which structure relates to which uh, manufacturing technique, which mechanical properties, which heat treatment. So I can say, for example, whether steel is cast or whether it is a drawn wire, whether it is soft or whether it's hard. But you can only tell that with experience. You can find out most of those things in other techniques too. But metallography is a very fast and efficient way of uh, doing that. And you get many different pieces of information at the same time. So yeah. in other words- Anytime you have questions, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> so in other words, Frauka, uh, you, you talked about like revealing the microstructure of, of metals with metallography, but really by doing so you're revealing like the part history, and like the part characteristics, right? Yes. Perfect. If you know your stuff. If you are the first time looking at a mount or a sample, you wouldn't know. It is experience. 
that tells sure. you those things. Any last uh, questions for Fralka? Always have one last question. I think you mentioned titanium is your favorite metal. Why is that? Uh, because it's unusual. And when I started in metallography in the 60s, it was a very unusual material. And it has some very fascinating features. It's very light. It is uh, very corrosion resistant. For example, my husband has a pacemaker made out of titanium. And the aircraft industry, the SR-71, I mean, there's so much fascinating. I could tell stories forever on titanium. It's wonderful. <laughs> and it doesn't corrode. It doesn't rust. Okay? Nice. And that is all the time that we have for this episode. Again, thanks to everyone for being here. Um, and thanks for joining us for part one of the three-part Metallography for Dummies series. Um, join us for part two next episode. If you like this episode, please consider following the Minutes of Metallography podcast. To contact the show with any questions or comments, please email metminutes at gmail.com. Again, that is M-E-T-M-I-N-U-T-E-S at gmail.com. This email is also listed in the show's description. Thank you for listening.